Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Michael Wader. Michael is an author, speaker, trainer, and coach with more than 40 years of hands-on experience in implementing lean technology and leadership principles, including 22 years of mentoring, coaching, teaching, and consulting experience in 16 countries. His most recent book is Lead Yourself First. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) That's really good. That gets us off to a good start. Puts us in a good mood, right, Mike? (laughs) Absolutely. And that's the whole idea of life is to uh, try and put yourself in a good mood every day. Absolutely. And stay there. Get there in the beginning and stay there, right? So before we start, I would like my audience to know that Michael was my guest for episode number four, way back when Kick-Ass Boomer started. So you can go back and listen to that episode as well. I would also like to welcome some new listeners in South Africa who recently joined my Boomer Nation. And since Michael is an international authority, I want to also welcome my listeners in Russia, Germany, Canada, Australia, Turkey, Denmark, France, Finland, Great Britain, India, Ireland, and many others. That's just to name the most, uh, the biggest audiences, but there's many other smaller ones too. So boomers all over the world are listening to the Kick-Ass Boomer podcast. Isn't that great? great. And and I've been to most of those countries, but not all, almost all of them. How about that? That's great. Wonderful. So Michael, your message in your new book, Lead Yourself First, can you explain a little bit about what you mean by that? Absolutely. Thank you, Terry. The book was written primarily for leaders of companies, managers, directors who are trying to lead their team and they struggle because they haven't led themselves first. Well, it also focuses, can be focused on families. If you're a grandparent or a parent or maybe an older brother or sister of of a bunch of siblings, these things still apply. You need to learn how to lead yourself first. And what I try and tell people is that they don't realize that every day people are pushed into a leadership role. You know, maybe you're a daughter and you have parents and your parents are older. And all of a sudden, those parents are put into a position where they can't take care of themselves. You, the younger sibling or younger child, have to step up and lead the family now. You're going to be the one who's going to be in charge. You're the one who's going to have to make decisions, make sure everybody's taken care of, all these things. But too often, when a person's put into a leadership position, they forget about themselves. They think it is selfish to take care of themselves first. They think, oh, I have to take care of my parents or my siblings or my team or my organization, but they don't think about taking care of themselves. And that's where it has to start. It has to start with you because if you don't take care of your health and you go down, who's going to do the job? If you don't take care of your income and you've got no money to support the team or help the family, you're down. 
your eating, your exercise, all these things need to be considered. Doesn't mean you need to focus on them 100%, but you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you're not taking care of yourself, how can you take care of anybody else? How can you lead, lead a team if you don't know how to lead yourself? For workers and for family members, think about who is the best leader you ever had? Which grandparent was always nice? Which grandparent was always good to you? And then I want you to think about which grandparent or which leader or which supervisor was not good to you? Who was terrible? <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to say about you in the future? Do you want to be like the person that was a terrible one? Or do you want to be like the person that was a good one? Probably the good one. And if you're going to be like a good one, you got to take care of yourself first. It's so true. And so many boomers and even young adults feel like that's selfish, that they have to do everything else for everybody else first. And I did that my whole life. And then finally, I wised up and said, I've got to take care of myself or I won't be around. You know, I can't just keep worrying about everybody else. There's a time and a place for everything, but you have to worry about your own health. You have to exercise. You have to eat right. Or you won't, like you say, you won't be able to take care of anyone else. That's absolutely right. And the, a different subject, which we're not going to be talking about today, but longevity for the older person. Uh, I also have a presentation I do on that. And there's so many little things you can do to keep active. But the primary one is keeping your mind active. So Absolutely. I talk about that all year. That's been the theme over and over again. You have to stay physically active. You have to stay mentally active. You have to be social because we're social beings. Absolutely. Now, the last year or two years with COVID, it's been tough. We haven't been able to be as social as we want. And it really has affected the mental attitude of a lot of boomers. But You're right. I'm hoping we can get out and be more social now. It looks like this Thanksgiving, more families are getting together. So I, I'm hoping it's going to help because it is absolutely so important to our health. Being right. social can override some of the other bad things that you're not doing. If you're out there and you're social and you're with people, it can somehow override a little bit. Like if you're not as good at exercising as you should be, but you're really social and you're active and you're with people that will keep, keep you engaged. So it does really help. So being social is another really big one. Some, some, sometimes that's the most important. I lived and lived and worked in Okinawa, Japan for five years. And that is one of the places where people are living longer than anywhere else in the world. Just one of the three or four, but they're very living to a very long old age. And one of the things they do there in their local communities is that they celebrate events. Like if you have a birthday, not only your family, but your aged friends come over and socialize and have a good time with you. And the social side of it is absolutely imperative where they're checking on each other every day, having coffee, going for a walk, doing things socially together and living a long, long life because a social element is included in that. Yeah, it's so important. It really is. And there's too many boomers that live in a house by themselves or one other person and they're lonely and it's not good. Absolutely. So for people who, there are some people who have their own businesses still, I'm talking to a lot of boomers, unbelievably in their late seventies and even later eighties that are still working, actively running a small company, which is amazing to me. So I think your book will also be very good for them because again, <laughs> even though they're a small company, they've got to do the right things up front too, right? 
Absolutely. And it's very, very imperative because when we have an entrepreneur or a couple of people who own and run a company, they a lot of times do not think about themselves. They think about the few employees they have. And the main thing they think about is their customers. Take care of my customers. Take care of my employees. Well, those are important, but it's also important for you to take care of yourself. You know, Terry, when you get up in the morning, and you're going to go to work later in the day. You get up in the morning and you clean up and then you look in front of the mirror as you're getting dressed. When you look in that mirror, do you like what you see? Now, I don't mean are you tall or short or wrinkled or looking pretty or whatever. I'm talking about do you like you? Do you have the confidence to know that you can do a good job today and you are prepared? You got good rest. You had a good meal. You thought about what you're going to be doing today. All these things are put together to make you prepare to be a good leader of a small organization or a small shop, a coffee shop or a bakery or whatever it is that you are running. Because when you go to work and you show up and you walk through that door, if you're not confident about yourself, your workers are going to know it immediately. We can all think about going to some small shop. And when we walk in, we see the owner or whatever behind the counter, and they got a sad look on their face, or they're not very energetic, and they're not very outgoing. You don't want to buy from that person. Automatically, you're turned off a little bit. You've got to be prepared to be the leader all the time. And if you're not going to be the leader all the time, you need to find somebody else who can step up to be that leader, to can be that figurehead. Maybe it's your son or daughter, if you're a grandparent or whatever, or maybe it's your grandchild who's now old enough to run the business for you. But you need a person, a leader up front who prepares himself every day, not only prepares a company, but prepares himself to lead every day. Yes. And the more you do that all the time, the easier it gets and the more you're going to be able to do it. If you just let yourself slip, you slip a little bit each day and pretty soon you're just not doing the job anymore. So you really have to keep on top of it. You're right. You're right. And the boomers are are a big portion of it. As you said, the boomers are such a large portion of the global population all over the other countries. Also, the children are born after the war and they grew up growing their business or they worked somewhere. And then when it came retirement time, they said, oh, I don't want to stop. I want to open up my own little business now that I'm retired. And they're doing well, just like yourself in real estate, still keeping your finger in the pie, still being a little bit active in that, still doing that, even though you're doing podcasts and other things. Right. You still need to think as a leader and it starts with yourself. Now, I'm going to give you one more thing to think about here, Terry, is that when we're talking about these baby boomers, most of them are couples. Now, there are some who are single, I know, but when you're a couple, you have to think about taking care of yourself because you're going to have to also help take care of your partner. And if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you help your partner? How can you help your husband or wife if, in fact, you're not in good health? You're not in good condition. We owe it to our spouses and our families to stay in good condition. And that takes effort. It does. It absolutely does. It takes a lot of effort. And uh, I think you just have to keep engaged. You've got to keep, you know, keep your physical body in good shape, your mental mind in good shape. Like I said, be social and laugh. We don't laugh enough. Laughing is actually really good (laughs) medicine. I do. do I laugh every day. <laughs> every, every day. You right. heard how I started off today's meeting. Yep. That, yep. That it, you've got to laugh every day. It's absolutely imperative. And if you feel like you like you want to laugh more, look right. around and see who's not laughing and give them a smile. 
Say right. something to them that's going to make them laugh, okay? Because some people are funny. Some people are jovial and happy. But when right. the people around them are not. So give away a joke. Give away a smile. Give away something to help the other people. Absolutely. So important. Um, my last podcast was with Carol Harris from Great Britain. And she said they have groups in Great Britain that are laughing groups. They go to walk and laugh. They do both. And they just laugh and laugh and they have such a great time. And that's such good advice. I think we need to start forming groups here. Laughing yeah. groups, because laughing just exercises your insides. It puts you in the right frame of mind. It changes your overall frequency. It is so healthy. And we don't yeah. do enough. We really don't. Yeah, the, the laugh, the laugh, when you laugh out loud when you laugh out loud it causes endorphins to be running through your head and endorphins are the good chemicals in your head that cause you to feel good and to feel satisfied and be pleasant with other people and laughter is a big part of that so that's why when i'm around other people if they're not at least smiling or something i say something to them funny i say something comical or sometimes i even embarrass them a little bit and they laugh yeah i know i should have done that but <laughs> but the idea is they, they like yourself they laugh a little bit and then the endorphins start running through the head. And then they're starting to feel better. This again, when I wrote the book, Lead Yourself First, I want you to think about how you make yourself happy and satisfied first. And then work on your teams and how you're going to help them put yourself in their shoes and figure out what they need to be better. Absolutely. Because you have to be happy first. My father was great at that. He always did what made him feel good. And sometimes it wasn't the greatest for the family. But you know what? He lived to be 96 years old. He said, I'm making me happy first and then I'll do my best to help others. But it was important for him to be happy. He did the things that he really enjoyed and he was a happy man his whole life. He had 11 children to raise, 11 mouths to feed, plus my mother. It was hard. It was really hard, but he was always happy and he was a great boss. He was a great boss. His people loved him because he respected everyone and he treated them all the same. So, and he was happy. He wasn't miserable. That's absolutely important. My mom lived to be 97 and she was, th she was cognizant of the need to keep her mind uh, going. So at 85, she decided to write music. Never done it before in her life. Never played wow. an instrument before in her life. 85, she decided to write music. She got going and she wound up writing five records. She wrote the lyrics, sent them away to someone who wrote the melodies that go with them, and then they published the records. None of them were ever hits, but the idea was she went through that exercise of keeping her yes. mind active because she realized that she needed to do that. And she was not a baby boomer. She was born in, in 1915, but she lost her husband, my father, when he was only 62, and she lived to be 97. Wow. So she spent the last 30 years of her life by herself realize, you know, if I got to take care of myself, I got to be sharp. I got to be mentally sharp, physically sharp and go. And she made it to 97. So did well. That's great. And that, and that's another thing. Like if you have something you love to do or always wanted to do that, you never had time when you were raising a family. Now's the time to do it. Don't think, oh, it's too late. I'm too old. Any of those things, just try it. Like she, she tried music. That's an unusual thing. Most people right. will like write a book or they'll start exercising or they'll do something like that. Writing music is very unusual, but that's excellent for the brain because music is very, it's connected to our brain. It's a function that right. helps our brain a lot. Right. I, I wrote six books and the last two 
have been a whole lot easier, and they came after I was 70. So uh, the earlier ones, I struggled and had a hard time with. But finally, somewhere around 70, 71, these last two books just flowed very easy. I was able to get through them very quickly, and they're much better books than the earlier ones. But I plan on writing. It's something that I can do, and anyone in your audience can also do. They don't have to be published. They can do like my mother did. My mother got out a journal, and she started writing in her 80s and into her 90s. Her writings were never published, but she wrote almost every day. She'd read a newspaper, she'd watch TV, and then she'd sit down and write some information about those things. It can help those boomers who are getting a little bit older write in a journal, write down information. It's very, very helpful. I keep a journal all the time, but I think many people who are getting older, that's one way to keep active. Absolutely. Write the journal. And your family will really enjoy reading that when you're gone. I don't think people have any idea how much that would mean to your children, your grandchildren, because I go back through some of my aunt's things that she left behind and my father's. And and another thing, I've always saved every letter anybody has written me. From the time I was a kid going to Girl Scout camp, I've got (laughs) letters from friends and they're so much fun to read now because we were little kids and the way you write is so funny. And then my grandmother wrote had very broken English. She came from Germany when she was 50 and she still learned to speak very good English. (laughs) And she wrote a book for her family about the war, what she went through when she was in the war in Germany. And I have things that she wrote to me that are really special. So. Anybody can do it. Anybody. It's part of taking care of yourself. Just like my book talks about taking care of yourself first. Lead yourself first. Find out what you like. Do it. Find out what you want to learn. Learn it. Find out who you want to be around and go spend time with them. Do those things and set the model. Set the example for your children, for your grandchildren, for your friend. You know, your neighbor is, you're 80 and your neighbor is 82. Maybe your neighbor is struggling a little bit. If you do some of these things, maybe you can help that person do it also. It doesn't have to be a family member. So um, absolutely, take care of yourself. So true. And the other thing I, I suggest to people that if you're alone and you're lonely, start a phone chain, call friends, like have a whole list of people that you say you're going to talk to every week. So at least you're talking to someone on the phone, even if you are alone at home. And that's something we can all do now. Something else I found, Terry, that I started about five, six years ago, just before I turned 70, I said, you know, I really like my birthday. And I really love it when people send me a birthday card or a birthday letter, just a note saying happy birthday to me. So I started about five or six years ago, sat down, all of my employees, all my business people I knew, all my relatives, and I came up with over 70 people. Wow. First year, first year, I sent out over 70 birthday notifications to people. And many of them said, thank you. Wow, I'm surprised. Glad to hear from you and so forth. Now my list has been narrowed down to about 52. But Mm -hmm. I'm still doing those 52 every year, which means I only have to do approximately one per week. Could you write one note to somebody a week? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it when they get that. And they respond back, which means that you're going to get notices from them. Right. You're going to get something to smile about. Somebody thinking about you will contact you, which is great. It's so true. I have an aunt who's 96 years old now. She's the last one on both sides of my family, my father's family and my mother. She's the last one still to be living. She has dementia. So she's living with her daughter. But I send her cards for everything because I know how important it is to get mail, even though she might not even know who's sending it to her. 
you get that card. I sent her one for Halloween, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for her birthday. And then I just send her little notes in between because I know how much she enjoys getting that mail. And we can all do that for anybody, especially if you know an elderly person that lives alone. It's so important for them to get something. Absolutely. And this year, not this year, the last two years, because of the pandemic and because so many people being on Zoom and talking like we're talking now, I've made so many more new friends around the world and sending them a card on their birthday is very easy because if you're a member of one of these social medias, often it shows you, it pops up when their birthday is. You don't even know when their birthday is, but it pops up and you say, oh, I know that person. Take a few seconds, 15, 20, 30 seconds, and you send them a note very, very quickly it will come back to you. The more you give out, the more comes back to you. And that's an important issue. It's the same way when we talk about leadership as I talked in my book. As a leader, you don't worry so much about the process. You worry about the people in the process because if it goes like this. If you take care of the people, the people will take care of the process. So true, so true. You need to worry about... You know, spend some attention to them, pay some attention to them. It will come back to you. You will get it back. Right. Right. And I think with boomers, we're going to we're going to live so much longer than our parents did. I think it's important for us to jump in now to get more involved in our communities as well. So you're going to be the leader of your family, get involved there. But you need to maybe get involved with the community, become a school board member or a township board member. So and, and that I'm sure the book will really help that process along as well. And I think it's important for us to do. We need to do important things as well as the fun things and other things, because they're the that's a part of our legacy. That will be something that we can look back later on and say, oh, I'm so glad I did that. And look what good that did in my community. Yeah. Helping in your community is needed, especially right now. The churches, the synagogues, the temples, as well as the schools and community things community charity items, they are looking for help. They need help right now because there's a lot of people out there who are in the outreach and they need food, they need clothing, they need somebody to talk to. And we as boomers are great talkers. We have been talkers our whole life. And now we can put that talking to good use and help some of these other people. Right. Volunteer any way that makes you happy. Like if you like to read to people, there's groups where you Go read to children in a library or you go read to sick people in a hospital or there's an elderly person who can't read and you can read a book to them. I mean, there's so many ways to volunteer that will make you feel good and them feel good. We always get more out of it than we give. I feel we always get so. And that's another way to feel good about yourself and help take care of yourself, because when you feel good about yourself, you will take better care of yourself as well. Right. I, I agree. I agree. So just. If people just need to focus a little bit more on themselves and think about what should they be doing and then go out and get started on it. Doesn't mean you have to do it a long term. I mean, for forever. It doesn't right. mean it has to be difficult. It could be simple things, just like right. you were talking about walking and laughing. Uh, the, the lady from England was talking about right. getting out and doing that walking. And why walk alone? Find a neighbor, find a friend, find somebody in your family who wants to go for a walk also. And if they don't want to go, drag them along anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. get, them, <laughs> get, right. them start, get them started. Uh, and, and then you both can enjoy it. 
And sometimes after you get them out, then they will start liking it and enjoying yes, it. Yes, they might not sure. realize how much they could enjoy it. So if you drag them a couple of times, they might say, oh, you know what? This is fun. Let's do it again. And then right. they'll keep walking. And walking well, they- is an easy exercise that anybody can do almost. So there's no excuse not to at least walk. You should be doing a little weightlifting and some other things, but no excuse not to at least walk. That's easy. I, I, you need to take advantage of every opportunity you get to walk also. Uh, recently, this summer, in June, July, and August, I was down in Florida uh, living with my brother for a while. And with the good weather, I decided, you know, I used to walk years ago, and I didn't walk much, so I need to start walking. So I'd start power walking very quickly. Yeah. I did, I did 2K, 3K, 5K, wow. and I worked my way up to 10K, and I was doing one 10-kilometer walk every week plus a few shorter ones. And wow. I did that for about three months. I really felt good. I felt all this extra energy, all this extra power. I sat down and did more writing. All these things help just by getting out and doing it. People don't need to do a 10K, but they need to go out and walk enough to right. earn a little energy, get their heart pumping a little bit. And if you got somebody to talk a conversation with while you're doing it, it's even better. Even better, because then you've got the social going on well, as that's well. That's right. Yep, Absolutely. So yeah, it's so important to keep up and keep physically active because, it, and you start small, like there might be people home sitting on the couch right now listening and thinking, I can't, I can't, but you just start slow. When I first started to walk, I walked before I was diagnosed with cancer in 2017. And then it was hard getting back walking again, but I just started and I had, there's a park right near my house. I go and there's lots of benches. So I'd walk a little and I'd rest. I walk a little, I rest and you just build up to where now I'm walking fast and doing more power. But in the beginning, don't beat yourself up, just get out and move. And the more you move, the more you'll be able to move. That's absolutely right. When you want to improve yourself, start with something easy and simple and make a repetition. So you do it over and over and then move to something a little bit more difficult, but get, you got to get started. And, and, and I often, people ask me, they say, Michael, what do you do when you travel around the world and work with all these executives? What's the first thing you do? And I said, well, usually I kick them in the ass. They need <laughs> because, it, right? <laughs> well, they know what they're supposed to do, but they're yes. not doing it. Exactly. So, I think so that's I either, all of us, isn't it? We all right. need so to I, kick in the I ass once in a while. Yeah, I embarrass them in front of their colleagues, and then they think, oh, I better do that because now, now I said I, I should do it. I admitted I should do it, so maybe I should get it. Or off the record, during a, a private dinner with them or a private lunch with them, some private time, I sit down and tell them, you know, what do you need to get going, you know? And they said, well, I don't know. Well, maybe you need a swift kick in the ass. And they said, well, yeah, but no one here my company is going to do that to me. No, they're not. Guess what? <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to get you started. And then I'm going to check on you every week or a couple, every couple of days. Just to see, are you doing what you right. said you're going to do? You opened right. your mouth and said, I will walk. Or you said, I will get out on the shop floor more. Or I'll spend more time with my grandchildren. Whatever it is you said you're going to do. Right. Somebody needs to hold you accountable. Otherwise, right. you're going to let it slip. You're going to let it go away. Don't want that. Yep. And in the beginning, it's a little rough. You know, it's hard. You've got to push yourself to do things. But after you're doing it a while, it's easy, it's fun, and you're fine. You just have to get into that habit. It's hard to get that habit started and then keep it going. But then once you're doing it a couple months, easy, right? It's like writing those other books. Much easier later on. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lot of scientific information out there. If somebody is interested in looking it up, 
but normally 21 repetitions is what it takes to make something a permanent habit. If right. you work out for 21 days or you exercise 21 days or you change your diet for 21 days, or usually after 21 repetitions, it usually starts to become a, a permanent habit. And that's not long. No, that's not long. So get out there and do it, right? Just right. get Absolutely. out there and start. <laughs> Starting is the biggest thing. Take that right. first step. And after you do it, you'll find out it's very easy. We're all a little bit afraid of the unknown. Well, where can I go and walk? And maybe I won't meet anyone, or maybe I'll bump into someone I know that I don't want to buy. Just get out and walk and don't worry about anything, right? Just right, walk. absolutely. Don't don't worry about it. Just go do it. Just like Nike says. The Nike commercial says, just do it. And that's just what we do need it. to do. We need to just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you had another book that came out um this past couple of years too, called Crisis Preparedness Planning. And it's a workbook. Do you feel like that could help boomers in any way? Like prepare for, because we all know there's going to be another crisis. Like we've had COVID. There's going to be another one down the road. There will. Or even just a family crisis that we have to deal with. So we've had crises since humanity started. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) And they're not going to stop. (laughs) Well, I asked a girl out for a date and she said, no, that was a crisis also. Right. So it does. We always, we always have different types of crises. Right. Yeah, the actual that you you were correct about the subject of the book, but the actual title of it is uh, "Leadership Survival in a Crisis." Leadership Survival in a crisis, crisis is the actual name of the book. And okay. What it's about is the same thing. If you are the parent, or as a boomer, you're the grandparent of a family. Is your family prepared for a crisis? Now, no one. I would be willing to bet them money. No one in the world was ready for this pandemic. No, it, mm-hmm. it, it was a crisis of, of a type that none of us had seen in a hundred years. A hundred years ago, there was right. a crisis like this. Right. But not in the last hundred years. And most people are not a hundred years old. So they didn't right. ever see this type of crisis. You need to think about how you take care of your family. Now, I learned it by doing disaster preparedness in the military. I was in the military for 26 years. And for several years, I was on disaster preparedness team where we had to prepare for disasters. Hmm. After I got out of that and then I finished my military career, I had a family, a wife and daughters. We lived in Colorado. My family was taught how to prepare for avalanches, snowstorms, blizzards, uh, forest fires because we lived in the forest. You need to be prepared for these things. And as an, a boomer, many of us are the responsible person for our family. Mm-hmm. And if we're responsible, we owe it to them to be a little bit prepared. What can you do to get ready for a disaster? And I don't mean the type of disaster we have right now, because there was no preparation for the pandemic that yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. But we can prepare for future pandemics or future types of things where we might put some extra mask away or some extra water away or some other things that we may put away in a place. I used to put every one of my cars after 1995 when I retired, every one of my cars has a box in the trunk with a couple cans of soup, warm, warm blanket, some matches, different things in there that you're going to need if you're going to survive some sort of disaster where we lived in the mountains. You just need to prepare. You can prepare at home for disasters. And this is one that maybe of your boomers are probably not thinking about. They need to prepare for the disaster of their death. When they die, will their children have enough to bury them? Will they have enough money? Will they have enough information? Do they know what to do with all the assets you have so that people don't go to court when fighting over these things? Have you done your will, both living will and your death will? 
Have you done these things? Are you prepared? Because it may not be a disaster for you because you're already dead. Right. <laughs> doesn't matter to you. But for your family, it may be a disaster if you didn't have these things planned, if you didn't have these things developed. So preparing doesn't matter for a company or a corporation or for a family or individual group. You need to think about disaster preparedness. And it's really become evident now because of this pandemic. People just were not prepared. Thousands upon thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of companies around the world, small companies, have folded because they were not ready for the disaster. So true. So true. After I wrote my book, when it first came out, no one wanted to buy it. And that was because leaders had to admit they were not prepared for a disaster. You know, if somebody says, well, maybe we should have Michael come in and give us this class. And they say, oh, no, 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 we can take care of it. They weren't prepared, but they didn't want to admit that. And the first thing in the disaster preparedness, you have to admit that a disaster has happened. That's the first thing. Second thing is, who's going to lead us out of it? And somebody, the grandparent, the baby boomer, or the parents, their children uh, step up. Somebody steps up and says, I will lead us through this crisis. And that's where you need to make sure that you are prepared. And then there's actions you need to take in the crisis, crisis planning, and then resolving it and then planning for the future. The world is not ready for this. There are a lot of people out there who did crisis planning, but they primarily were in the insurance industry. And these were people who helped companies prepare insurance-wise to handle the disaster. But what about the human side of it? You know, you got people who are stuck at home, people who are isolated. How do you deal with them? You know, even in a family, if you're a grandparent living in Colorado, as I was, and I have a daughter living in the state of Washington and a daughter living in the state of Florida and a brother in Ohio, they're looking to me to do some leadership here of this group because of the situation we're in. How do I relate to them online? How do I talk to them by phone and by message? And and how can I help them if I can't fly there? You have to have some kind of plan some sort of organization in your life. And in the book, we talked about it through a corporation, but the same thing applies if you're the president of your family. If you're that baby boomer who's in charge of your family, you're the president of that family, that group. How do you react? And I know from traveling in in Africa and other places that some of these local leaders, I'm talking about family leaders, you have a grandparent in Africa who has 27 siblings, their children and their grandchildren, and then they're, and if they still look to the top guy to help right. them make decisions, he has to have a plan. Or she, if she's a matriarch, she has to have a plan how to do things, plan for living and plans for when she's gone. So these are important things to make sure you have. Absolutely. So true. Well, Michael, you've given us so much to think about. I can't believe it. Um, A lot of good advice, a lot of things for my boomers to think about besides just staying active and engaged, planning for other things that could happen. And again, plan for your death because I had another um, speaker that a guest that I had on a couple months ago and he said the same thing. Have your paperwork done. Have your paperwork for the hospital. Like, well, what do you want the doctors to do? Called living will. Yeah, living living will. will. Yeah, power of attorney. Have all that paperwork ready because if you get sick, it's too late. It can't be done. Now it's too late. Uh, A lot of really good advice for my boomers to remind them again, if you haven't done it after the last podcast, it's time to start now, right? Absolutely. And in business, we talk talk about succession planning. If a company's got a president or director, that president or director should, and if you don't, you fire them, but they should have a succession plan saying, if something happens to me, 
who steps in because the company cannot be without a leader. They right. have to have a leader, somebody to sign the checks, do all the necessary things that are legal that the president does. And if the president goes down and is, and is out, you have to have somebody. So it's the same way in a family. If you're the baby boomer and you are the grandparent and the matriarch or patriarch of the family, what's going to happen when you go down? Somebody's got to step in and take care of it. And you can help a lot by preparing in advance. Get yourself ready and lead right. by example. Right, exactly. Well, where can my audience find you and your books, Michael? Do you have a website that I don't you can know. go to? I think if they go climb the mountains in Colorado somewhere <laughs> and take some snowshoes with them, maybe they can get there. See, you're laughing. That's what we're trying to do, get people to laugh. Thank That's you for right. laughing. <laughs> okay. If you want to find me online and see all the different things that I'm working on and doing, you can visit me at www.michaelwader.com. Just like my name says on the screen, Michael Wader www.michaelwader.com. That's how to get to my website and contact me. If you have any questions, you can certainly go there and there's a place for you to leave messages and do that. If you're interested in any of the books or any of the information that we've been talking about today, you can see on the screen the Lead Yourself book over my left shoulder. You can go to Amazon and find that in the books department. When you go to Amazon, be careful. There are three or four books with names that are almost exactly the same. Sometimes people get confused. Look for the one by Michael Wader as the author, and that's going to be the one we've been talking about today. Same way on Amazon, you can find the book called Leadership Survival in a Crisis. Leadership Survival in a Crisis. And it's also on Amazon, and it's also by me. So you can go there to Amazon and find both of those books. It The, the one of Lead Yourself First is very similar to a book that I wrote several years ago. It's in eight different languages. This one is only in English now. We have plans in the next year to put this in three or four more languages, but right now it's only in English. Okay. So your audience, or I assume they're listening to you, they're English speakers. Yeah, But right. some of them like to have books in their own languages, and in the future it will be, because my previous books are in several different languages, but not this one. So this is what's available. Again, reach out. If any of you have a question about contacting me, you can look at the other person on the screen, Terry, and contact her and ask her, how do I get hold of Michael? Not a problem. Terry and I talk back and forth. I send her messages almost every week, yep. and she knows how to contact me directly. We'll be yep. happy to talk to you. And again, it doesn't cost anything to ask me a question. I'll gladly answer it for you on a variety of different topics. And I'm still learning. And that's the key I'd like to leave this meeting with. I'd like to leave this session with thinking about what Henry Ford said. Henry Ford says, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 80, you should always be learning. If you're not learning, you're growing old. The greatest thing in life is to keep a young mind. Now, that's what Henry Ford said, and I agree with him 100%. Keep learning. Keep listening to Terry. She's got a lot of good speakers she brings in here, a lot of good information, and it's not just for America. It's for the whole world. If you're Absolutely. a baby boomer or younger, which mm-hmm. is just about everybody in the world right. nowadays, right. you can get good information from Terry's podcast. She's always got good speakers, and she's always got in- good information for you. Got a question? Ask. We'll try and answer it for you. Well, thank you. That's so nice. That's great. And for those of you who are maybe exercising while you're listening to this podcast or walking, you can find all of the information on kickassboomers.com. When Michael's picture comes up, click on his picture and all of the show notes 
will be right there. So it'll remind you of what we talked about. It'll tell you where to go on Amazon to buy his books. It'll have his website. Everything will be right there. So you'll be able to contact Michael as well. So uh, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. We've had fun again, which is important, right? Share information and have fun. Absolutely. I've been on your show twice in two years. I'm looking for when we're going to do it in 2022. So uh, absolutely. We'll do it a, we will we'll do, do it, it a, again. We'll do it a third. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need more laughter. We need more information out there. And let's give that information away and make people laugh. So well, that's 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 what we're trying to do. Sounds good to me. So thank you, Michael, for being my guest again today. And we will do it again. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.